Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is the Gospel of St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. When the Son of Man comes in glory, He will sit on His throne, and the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate the people, one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Dear friends of Christ, on the day when Jesus returns, it's called the great and the terrible day of the Lord. It'll be a great day for the believers. It'll be a terrible day for the unbelievers. But that last day for the unbelievers who aren't saved by the blood of Jesus, not a good day. Zephaniah talks about that great day of the Lord. The great day of the Lord is near, it's near, it's happening fast. The day of the Lord is bitter. A day of wrath is that day, a day of dis- distress and a day of anguish, a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and a day of gloom. Isaiah adds a little bit to that. He says the day of the Lord is going to come. It'll be a cruel day with fierce anger. He will make the earth desolate. He will destroy its sinners. The stars in the sky and their constellations won't show light anymore. The sun will be dark when it rises. The moon won't shine. I'll punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their wrongdoing. And then Jeremiah talks about the unbelievers in the great and the terrible day of the Lord. It is a day of vengeance. And he will take revenge on all his enemies His sword will devour until it's had enough, and it will drink their blood until it's full. That sure sounds pretty terrible to me, coming from the hand of the Almighty God. And it sure is not good news for the unbelievers. But it sure is good news for us, as the people of God, because we're going to miss out on all that horrible, terrible judgment. You know, Christ's return is called a great day. It's the day of our salvation. It's the day of our victory. It's the day of our rejoicing. And so we consider our theme, the great and terrible day of the Lord. I once had a person ask me, what's the difference between the day you die, the judgment on the day you die, and the final judgment day? And that's a good question. Um, Perhaps the best way to look at it as a believer, I want you to think of the final judgment coming in two waves. The first, well maybe two celebrations would be a better way to to talk about it. The first celebration happens when we die. That's the first wave of celebration. And a second wave of celebration happens when Christ returns and you get your body back. Now think of it this way. Every year, two teams make it to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, only one team gets to win and celebrate, and when the time runs out on the clock, those guys go nuts. I always enjoy just sitting back and watching the celebration. I mean, they're jumping. You know, it's, it's amazing somebody doesn't die. The fans, the players, and, you know, they're all jumping up and down, spraying champagne on each other's faces and taking their family to Disneyland. Well, that's the first 
round of celebration. But there's more. When the team gets home, they have a ticker tape parade as a whole city celebrates. Well, our lives are going to be like the Super Bowl. And the first celebra- celebration, our first taste of victory will happen at our death. When we breathe our last, our soul, not our body, our soul will be immediately in the presence of God, our Heavenly Father, and we'll see Jesus. It's the same type of thing. Uh, the Bible calls it paradise. And it's the same type of thing that Jesus said to the, to the thief who was on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. And so it's a good day because, uh, you know, that, that's our first taste of victory. However, there's still more celebrating to happen. And when Jesus comes back to this earth again, our souls are united with our bodies on the day of resurrection of all flesh. Christ returns, all bodies rise from the grave. And those who have had their bodies and souls washed clean by the blood of the Lamb, our bodies and souls are reunited for all eternity, forever and ever. And all believers, because of that, we look forward to Christ's return, to being what He created us to be. It's a final day of victory. It's the final day of sin, death, the devil has all been conquered. We win. It's past. And yes, that judgment day will be a great and glorious day for the people of God, for the children of God, for all of us. However, it won't be such a glorious day for the unbelievers. For them, it's called the great and terrible day of the Lord. Malachi prophesied the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all the evil doers will be stubble. And that day is coming, and it will set them ablaze. It's called the eternal fire. The eternal lake of fire being set ablaze. And Jesus is coming again to judge all nations. And again, listen, listen to what Jesus has to say about all that. As he talks about himself, the Son of Man coming. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, after his death and resurrection, he will sit on his throne and all nations will be gathered before him because he's the judge coming again to judge the living and the dead. And he will separate the people one from another as a sheep separates, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. You know, when Jesus comes back again, it's a big deal. He's not going to do it secretly. This is going to be a worldwide event. All eyes are going to see him. At the same moment, there will be a, a trumpet blast shout, uh, followed by the shout of the archangel. And he'll come in glory with all of his angels. In, in the sky, the way he disappeared from us. And the dead will rise Everyone will rise from the grave. The believers first, and then ascend into, ascend into heaven to be with God, and then the unbelievers left here on earth for the fire and the big burn and the judgment. And as the heaven and the earth are being destroyed, we will be judged. And what's even more surprising, the Bible says all of this will happen in a flash and the twinkling of an eye. 
And in that moment, we will see Jesus. We and all people see Jesus sitting on his throne. He is who he always claimed to be, and John wrote about it in Revelation. I saw the dead, John wrote, great and small, standing before the thrones, and the books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. So everyone will stand before the Lord and your book will be opened. Your book. And your husband will be there and your wife will be there and your children will be there and your friends and family will be there. We'll all be there. Great people of history will be there. Great people of the Bible, both good and bad. Moses will be there. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will be there. King David will be there. The Apostle Paul will be there. The great wicked people of the earth will be there. Adolf Hitler and Joseph Stalin. And you and I will be there. No one will escape the great and the terrible day of the Lord. Everyone will be judged and will be put into two groups. God is going to come as Jesus, being the shepherd, is going to shepherd the two groups according to sheep and goats. The sheep, the believers, the goats, the unbelievers. And then God is going to read from each of their books. Every moment, every second of your life recorded. What you've done. I alluded to this a couple weeks back in my sermon with the illustration, The Room. If you remember that illustration, uh, it would be good to fit in here, but we just did it. And you, some of you said that that illustration you know, touched you. Well, there's a book that records every second of your life, every moment, and it's, you say, how can there be a book that large, but it's all written in the mind of God? Psalm 139 says, O Lord, you have searched me and you have known me. You're acquainted with all me and all my ways. You know, there's no way to change this book. The events of everything that you've done and written down, no one can change that book and all the things they contain. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can alter the book of life. And the good news is that's exactly what Jesus does for his children. He takes our book and through the waters of the holy baptism and through his holy promise, he washes it with his blood. And he cleanses the pages. And he purges out, he expunges all the sin and all the brokenness and and all the things that cause judgment and makes it go away. Only Jesus can change your book. Only with Jesus is the forgiveness of sins. And that's why without Jesus... The unbelievers are judged. Their books haven't been changed. Their books haven't been altered. And there's only judgment and the great and the terrible day of the Lord is coming. And they'll stand in judgment. Their books will be opened. And there'll be a separation. As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he'll say to those on his left, 
the believer is a sheep. Then Jesus will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire. Prepared, no, no to the unbelievers he'll say, uh, Depart from me, those on, on his left. Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And of course, here Jesus is talking about hell. He's talking about that place of eternal absence from God, eternal separation from God, separation from all that is ever good for all eternity. This place that is desolate. Um, the place where there's weeping and, and gnashing of teeth, the Bible says, and, and eternal darkness. And the unbelievers will be judged, not just based on the things that they have done wrong, but based on the things that they didn't do. They didn't believe in Jesus. They didn't trust in Jesus as their Savior. They didn't worship Him. They didn't live their life for Him. And so Jesus, would, Jesus will say to them, I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. And the poor unbelievers think that they're going to be okay. Think, they think that they're going to be able to talk their way out of this. But Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or in prison and not visit you? And Jesus is going to make it clear to them. Jesus is going to show them how they failed. I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. Your book is filled with all kinds of mistakes and errors. Sin that must be judged, people that you have hurt, things that you forgot to do and should have done, and they failed. They failed because they didn't trust in Jesus. They failed because they didn't believe in Jesus. That's why it's so important. That's why it's so vital for us to reach out to them today. That's why it's so vital for their salvation that they believe and be saved because salvation is impossible without Jesus Christ. Isn't it a great thing that Jesus came to do the impossible? <laughs> because he came to take all the bad things out of your book and out of mine. That book of life, he comes to make our books perfect. He makes our books acceptable. A perfect life replaced by the life of Jesus Christ. And he covers them all by the power of his blood. And that's, the great, that's why the great and the terrible day of the Lord is a great day for the children of God. Listen to the verdict as Jesus talks to the believers who put their faith and hope and trust in Him. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come you, blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. The King of kings and the Lord of lords will not say, Come all you who deserved to get to heaven. Come all you who think you've earned this way. No, he doesn't say that. He says, come you who are blessed by my Father. You who are blessed. And the kingdom of heaven is a gift. And it's free. And it's a joyous blessing. And Paul wrote, Praise be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing that heaven has to offer. Before the creation of the world, He chose us through Christ to be holy and perfect in His presence. And Jesus talks about every spiritual blessing this way. In my Father's house are many rooms, if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, 
I will come again to take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. And Revelation has this to say about our eternal future with God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for all the former things have passed away. You know, we aren't always aware as Christians of all the good things that we've done. All the little things we've done to touch people. How we affect people's lives. You know, the diapers we've changed and the meals we've prepared and the visits we've had. All those things that because our book has been made clear, uh, been made clean that, that God credits to our account. All those things that are a blessing, all those little things in, in our book of life. But there won't be any sin there. The things that we've, only the things that we have done to please the Lord while we spent our time living our lives out on this earth will be recorded in our book. And Jesus will say, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me and I was in prison and you came to visit me. Because don't you see by now, your life, your book of life, has been made perfect by the blood of the Lamb. And Christ has credited His life to your account. And that's why, and that's why the great and terrible day of the Lord is a great day for believers. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.